You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at gopowercat.com. And I'm Michael Swain of fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald of gopowercat.com. The man across the studio for me is Mr. Michael Swain of fog.net. Not, not a good day yesterday for basketball in the state of Kansas. It wasn't. Pretty disappointing. Two different ways to lose, though, and I think one was a lot more fun to watch than the other. Yeah, it was, not, it was stinky. Stinky. You can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show, on Twitter at the drive 13, and of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of the drive, you can listen to an audio only version. That will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at both GoPowerCat and Fog.net. And we start things off with our two-minute drill. The first segment of the two-minute drill sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Well, Kansas went into Hilton Coliseum and got smacked by Iowa State 68-53. What did you make of that performance? It was bad. Oh. And it was by far Key's worst performance of this season. And I think just in terms of the energy and the overall crispness, probably the worst performance since maybe the 2021 team. I don't think last year's team played like that at all. And this year's team hasn't to this point. I'll use two different frames of reference to evaluate this. Let's talk about Jaron Holmes first from Iowa State. He said that Iowa State was the more hungry team, the team that came out and played with more desire. That showed, and early in the game, KU got some good looks offensively, but then Iowa State adjusted, and it became really hard. I think everything unraveled for KU with some of those experienced players who you would expect to be better in these games. Dewan Harris was not great. Grady Dick had his fewest points since the Tennessee game back in November, also had five turnovers. Kevin McCullough didn't make his first basket until it was garbage time. Those are three players that have been incredibly vital for KU this season. And for all of them not to show up at the same time, put a lot of pressure on that guy, Jalen Wilson. We'll talk about him in a second. Bill Self said post game that he usually evaluates the energy and the effectiveness of his team based on the 50-50 balls. He said it was probably more like an 80-20 type of night with Iowa State in favor. There are no easy nights in the Big 12. This is not the Big 12 of four or five years ago when maybe you could take a night off every once in a while. You have to play with energy on the road. And I think it's probably disappointing holistically that a Kansas team needing a win to stay with pay, you know, with Texas and with the teams ahead of them in the Big 12 that they came and laid an egg like that. Now, Jalen Wilson was spectacular. 26 points, almost 50% of KU's points total. He scored 14 points on five shots in the second half. He's the epitome of consistency. When KU, the rest of the team doesn't show up, he is still there putting on his boots, ready to work and ready to play basketball. Maybe it's not the most effective, right? Not the highest shooting percentage, 
Not always going to make his threes, but he scores, he makes winning plays, and this Kansas team would not be sniffing the Big 12 title race, let alone an NCAA tournament bid without him. He's fun to watch. I mean, he, when they need a basket, he usually comes up with it. He just couldn't do all the work on Saturday because nobody seemed to be helping him. No, and he needs that help going into the final few weeks. Well, K-State blew a double-digit halftime lead, losing to Texas 69-66. to So Fitz, why have the Wildcats lost three straight Big 12 games? Now? Oh, my goodness. They, they just weren't very good on Saturday in the second half. They didn't look like they came to the court out of halftime uh, with any energy. They just didn't seem to be productive at all during the course of that second half. Um, they turned the ball over too much again. They had a lot of issues throughout the course of the game that uh, they just couldn't correct. They, they uh, have gotten very sloppy with uh, the ball and they're not valuing possessions very well at all right now. And that's a chronic problem for K-State. They got to get over it. Uh, Marquise Noel is kind of in a funk right now. He's turning the ball over a lot. Keontae Johnson, as I mentioned last week, continues to over-penetrate at times and get himself trapped. They, they basically get so far into the defense sometimes, they have no options but to turn the ball over or take a wild shot, uh, and they just can't sustain that. Uh, but I think the most troubling thing about Saturday's performance was Texas clearly wanted it more. You talk about Iowa State. In that second half, Texas was the much more motivated team coming out at halftime. They quickly closed the gap. K-State had a couple sloppy turnovers to open the second half, and the whole game flipped on its ear. And K-State just never could quite get going. Uh, it's it's a It was a painful process to watch them kind of uh, devolve during the course of this game because this K-State team, as we know, was capable of playing at a much higher level than they have been as of late. But when you stop and think about it, they've lost at Iowa State, they lost at Kansas, and now they lost at home to Texas, their first home loss of the year. But those are three really good teams, and two of them are on the road. So maybe there isn't anything chronic here that, that can't be helped with maybe a road game to, say, Lubbock next Saturday. TCU coming in. TCU isn't quite what they were earlier in the season. They're coming in on Tuesday. K-State just needs to get back to playing better and sharing the ball effectively instead of turning the ball over. They're good at sharing the ball, Michael. They're just sharing it with the other team too often. That's really the problem for K-State right now. Yeah, I mean, KU had the same similarity on Saturday, but I think you look at everyone in the Big 12, right? Baylor had a three-game losing streak. Yeah. KU had a three-game losing streak. Iowa State lost back-to-back -back games. There's a chance Texas could lose some games consecutively. I'm sure we'll talk about that in just yep. a second. Absolutely. Well, Michael, Texas, as you mentioned, is playing as well as anyone in the country right now. Should the Longhorns be heavy favorites to win the Big 12 after seeing them in person? I, I don't know why they wouldn't be heavy favorites because they seem to have the most answers. Yeah, they, they do, and they're playing at an incredibly high level. And you look at what they do, they have great athletes on the perimeter, guys that every night will have an advantage just by showing up and showing up to the arena. The effort and intensity may not always be there, but they have the ability. I just look at the schedule for Texas, and the back end of it is pretty tough. They do have some home games where I think they'll probably be able to have a home court advantage with the new arena, but you look at the last three games, at Baylor, at TCU, at home to Kansas. If you wanna look at a team closing out a Big 12 title, there are probably easier games you could pick. And going on the road in the Big 12, as we've seen, has been challenging. And of course, Kansas, if Kansas needs to win a game down the stretch of a Big 12 title race, you know Bill Self will have that team ready to play. So heavy favorites, I'm not sure if I'm ready to go there yet, but I think odds-on favorites, 
yeah, they've got the advantage, but there are some tough tests to come. You know, they don't have anyone that just jumps out at you and just seems like they're dominant, but they have a lot of depth. They have a lot of guys that can get it done. They, they kind of sift through who's having a night and who isn't having a night, and they did that with K-State. They found the right answers in that second half. It, it's impressive to go on the road and win in this conference. K-State did it at Texas. They played so effectively earlier in the year, and then Texas came back and did some great adjustments. I'm, I'm really impressed with the job the Texas coaching staff is doing in light of everything that's happened in Austin this year. They have this team playing at a high level, and they're going to be tough to beat no matter where you play them, and that includes probably in Allen Fieldhouse. It's just it's a really uh, fun team to watch because when they play hard, they are really good. And now if they can sustain that through the NCAA tournament, Texas might be a Final Four team. It's going to be an awfully uh, fun stretch of games here as we get into the second half of this schedule uh, and get deep into it. Uh, Texas has some roadblocks. We'll see if they can overcome them, but that's a good team. Definitely, and one of those roadblocks starts on Monday night against Kansas. Bill yep. Self's record on Big Monday is second to none, so that's going to be a huge test to see where Texas really is at. Yep, absolutely. Now a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. All right, well, last week's question was, if neither Kansas nor Kansas State wins the Big 12, who will? And these results really surprised me. Yep. Baylor came in first at 21 or 31%, then Iowa State at 24%, then TCU at 23%, and Texas in last at 22%. I'm incredibly surprised by that. Yeah, I, I am too, but I think people just don't like Texas. Mm, I, think, I think it skewed the voting, Michael. I think it skewed it. People hate the Longhorns. I wonder why. Uh, this week's question is this. We're at the halfway point of the Big 12 season. Who should win the Big 12 Player of the Year Award? We got Jalen Wilson. We got a couple Keontes of Johnson and George varieties. And Marcus Carr, those are your four choices. Vote on our Twitter page at the Drive 13 All right, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we'll be right back with more on KU and K-State on the Drive. Welcome back to The Drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com. Welcome back as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. This segment of the two-minute drill is sponsored by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well, the Big 12 finally released the 2023 football schedules. Michael, can the Jayhawks make another bowl game? I think so, Fitz. I look at this schedule overall, and I give, I give it a big meh. It could have been harder, right? Baylor's not on the schedule, but it could have been easier. You could have played Houston and West Virginia, but I think you look at the way the schedule plays out. I think about it in a few different parts, right? Non-conference play, I think KU gets two wins easily against Missouri State and Nevada, but then you have the Illinois game as a really early test case for where this team is at. But then you have the BYU game, which I think wraps up kind of this first portion. That's where we're gonna feel out this Kansas team. How are they looking? And then they have three straight tests before their bye week where they play Texas, they play UCF at home, and they play at Oklahoma State. If you go into the bye week with 
say four wins, needing just a couple on the back end of the schedule, I think they're in a great spot to make a bowl game. Because over the back end, you play Oklahoma at home, you go to Iowa State that is in the midst of some coaching turnover. Who knows if Hunter Deckers is gonna be any good next year. And then you host Texas Tech, Joey McGuire, really good coach, but KU also has a home field advantage now that you have to take into account. And then obviously the Sunflower Showdown, and you end the season at Cincinnati. I think overall, getting to play three of those new Big 12 schools is really huge. Cincinnati is in a transition period, right? New coaching staff. You look at BYU, sure, they are traditionally a very physical team up front, a new quarterback, but how is that gonna translate in terms of the skill positions at the Big 12 level? And then there's UCF, I think probably the new Big 12 school with the biggest chance of making a splash. But again, you're making the jump up to Power 5 football. The depth is better at the Power 5 level. Overall, you're gonna face better teams. How are those new teams going to factor in? I think Kansas, overall, they're gonna have a really good chance of getting that six win mark for back-to-back -back bowl trips. And if you wanna talk about momentum within a program, you're talking about back-to-back -back bowl trips for a Kansas program. You're talking about things really being able to hit the next level in terms of the way you recruit the program. Having Jalen Daniels back and having all those starters on offense back is going to be huge for Kansas getting off to a fast start. I think a lot of this is going to dictate on how well the defense improves. Yeah, it's it's interesting seeing these new teams on the schedules and, and what the overall impacts and the teams that you've played every year all of a sudden aren't on the schedule. It's very, very strange. It is strange. And having the you don't you're not guaranteed to play everyone and seeing who plays who, who has a hard schedule, who has a light schedule. Very interesting. Yep. Well, Fitz, let's get your take on the K-State schedule. K-State also knows its schedule for the 2023 season. So is K-State in a position to win another Big 12 title? Yeah, it is. Um, in, in part, oddly, uh, the team that they seem to beat more often than not, Oklahoma, isn't on the schedule. A little bit of disappointment. I really am disappointed that all of the former Big 8 schools aren't playing Oklahoma and the Southwest Conference schools uh, playing Texas, but that's just the way it worked out. They will play Texas this year. Very interesting. They come out of that non-conference. They've got Troy and Missouri. Um, Troy might be the better team, but they do go to Missouri. Uh, then they open Big 12 play with Central Florida, UCF coming in. Um, so they get to make the, the tour of the state of Kansas. And then they've got uh, a strange Friday night game at Oklahoma State. They go to Tech, TCU, Houston coming in. It's If you look at that stretch right there, TCU, Houston, Texas, it's almost as if Houston took Oklahoma's place because what became what would have been uh, just a gauntlet there with TCU, OU, and Texas. Let's be honest, Houston makes that easier, makes it a little bit more uh, easier to handle for Kansas State. Then you got Baylor, of course, KU, and then you close with Iowa State. I, I like the schedule. I think it's very manageable for K-State. Uh, I think this is an opportunity for K-State maybe to string together some games. Uh, and what's really intriguing to me are two things. One. They play two of the newcomers in the conference, but both at home. They don't go to any of the new venues in year one. Uh, they have, of course, UCF and Houston coming into Manhattan. And also that back half of the schedule, after they get into the final six games, four of those games are at home, and one of the road games is in Lawrence. So five out of their six games coming down the stretch will be in the state of Kansas. And that is really good for wear and tear on your team because as you get piling up with road games and the season wears on, it can really wear you out. So I feel like K-State could be in a good position if they can survive that first half of the schedule with some of those road games, including a, a Missouri surely, surely will want some revenge on K-State. Again, they go to Oklahoma State on a Friday night. Um, it's, 
it's a real good opportunity for K-State, but it is very strange to see some new teams on those schedules. It's kind of fun, but why isn't Oklahoma on K-State's schedule? It's a great rivalry that's been brewing here for a few years. Well, Fitz, something that really stressed me there with K-State's schedule, that eight-day layoff between going to Oklahoma State and going to Texas Tech. Eight days, that's huge, especially when you're talking about back-to-back -back road trips. Mm -hmm. I think that could be really helpful for K-State. I would agree with that. And now we step out of bounds, and Out of Bounds is brought to you by Dara's Corner Market. We love local, and we are local for you. All right, Fitz. Well, my San Francisco 49ers will not be playing in the Super Sorry. Bowl, but your Chiefs are headed to the Super Bowl this week to take on the Eagles. Will the Chiefs claim a second championship under Andy Reid? Yeah, this is interesting because I, I think they are very capable of it, but I don't. I haven't been blown away by this Chiefs team offensively or defensively. I, I just don't think they have the same – firepower they have part of its Tyreek Hill not being around they are less defined on offense you know they don't have that guy they can just throw the ball to down the field uh, they they just lean on a bunch of guys now uh, but I like this Chiefs defense when they want to play and they did want to play late in the game against Cincinnati they made some huge plays on the back end a couple of rookies hooking up for I believe they're both rookies for an interception that clinched the game it was uh it was impressive, but I tell you what, I'm, I'm fired up for it. Um, a battle of Big 12 quarterbacks, as the Big 12 has been well represented this playoff uh, in as far as quarterbacks. Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, and you got to feel good for Jalen because he is playing some really good football. That Eagles team will get after Patrick Mahomes. They're really good at sacking the quarterback, and that has to be a concern. Yeah, I think the physicality of the Eagles is going to be really fascinating to see how the Chiefs manage that because I don't think there are very many teams as physical at the line of scrimmage than the Eagles. And in a one-off game like that, you want to have those guys. And plus, we don't really know how Patrick Mahomes' ankle is going to look. Is it going to look like it did earlier in the season, or is it still going to be bugging him with the ankle sprain? Yeah, it's a high ankle sprain. It's taken more than a few weeks to heal up, so it'll be intriguing to see how mobile he is. And now let's hear from the fans. Our fan question is sponsored by Metalark. Retirement awaits in Manhattan where you can live your way every day. Here's our fan question this week. Is Jalen Wilson a college basketball cheat code? That's from Ben and Lawrence. Man, I love watching him play. He is something else. He really is, and I like this question, Ben. I look at him, and I, you mentioned earlier, Fitz, right? When he wants to go get a shot, a.k.a. drive to his right, draw a foul, get to the rim, he can do it, and he's so big physically imposing. He's not going to jump higher than some guys, but he has that first step where he's able to get by guys. And I think that when you need a basket down the stretch of these games, you've got a guy in Jalen Wilson that can do it. Now it's just a question of can the other guys around him step up? Yep. It's, it, he's just really, uh, I tell you what, every time I watch him and they need a bucket, he ends up with the ball and just calmly hits a shot, whether it's a three-pointer or a 10-footer. He, he's just a great jump shooter, and that's fun to watch. Yeah, and that part of his game has really evolved yeah. too. So, yeah, remember to a ask us your fan questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. When we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive. Welcome back to The Drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com. Well, it's time to head down the home stretch of this week's show, and now let's take a look at our predictions. Predictions are brought to you by Kites and Kites Aggieville Drafthouse, meeting your friends at Kites and the Drafthouse since 1954. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at The Drive 13. 
Here are last week's results. Look at Mr. Swain making up <laughs> some ground there <laughs> as uh, I, I didn't perform so well. And the viewers kind of gave us a sympathy week where they, they underperformed, Michael. It's nice of them to make us feel good. We very much appreciate them. Yeah, I do. Here are this week's picks, and we start with Texas at Kansas. KU is a one-and-a-half-point favorite, according to uh, the odds makers at the drive. We have professional odds makers. You say what with the Hawks and the Horns? I'll take Kansas purely. It's at home. Big Monday. Bill Self's record is very strong. But I will say, Texas spent last night in Lawrence, and they'll spend Saturday or Sunday night in Lawrence. Like That's a different way to approach a big Monday game than a team having to travel on a Sunday. It's just not fair that they got nice weather, too. It's supposed to be cold this time of year, so Texas doesn't like it. I'll take Texas just because uh, I, I was really impressed with them on Saturday. I, I think they can get into Allen Fieldhouse and get it done. We'll see. All right, next up is TCU at K-State. We've got K-State as a two-and-a-half-point home favorite. I'm going to take K-State. I think they get the payback that they are wanting to get on TCU and they're able to get it done. Yeah, I, I think this K-State team will come out very hungry after blowing that game against Texas on Saturday. And here's our last game of the week. It's Baylor at TCU. we got TCU as a two-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, I'll take the Frogs reluctantly, I guess. I'll take Baylor. This is the spot where I think they'll come out with the win. Yeah, I'm not real sure why I'm taking TCU. That's how I do all my picks. Again, make your picks on our Twitter page at the Drive 13 Now it's time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock, sponsored by Carpet One, by local for a strong local community. And we start with Mr. Michael Swain of Fog.net. Well, Fitz, I'd like to talk about Zach Clements, someone who I think this season has dealt with a lot. He was expected to start at center during the offseason, didn't perform, and his playing time was super limited early in the season. And now with Zubiegia 4 out with the foot injury, he had his opportunity. He played really well against K-State. 15 minutes, a career-high performance, blocked three shots, grabbed three rebounds, five points, his best performance of the season. Then he goes into Ames on Saturday, a game where no one on KU outside of Jalen Wilson was playing with any energy. He brings energy in his first play, chasing back, trying to block a shot from Caleb Grill. He blocks it, but tweaks his knee, and now he's going to be out for multiple weeks most likely. And I'm just gutted for him because it's a, a, a bummer that someone that has had a turnaround this season and brought energy in a moment where no one else did all of a sudden is hurt and is now facing a spell on the sidelines. Yeah, that's tough. Well, uh, Kansas State's Marquise Noel is not playing his best basketball of the year right now. He's kind of lost his way, and it's painful to watch because as good as he was earlier in the year, deciding when to shoot, when to pass, he's just a little bit off. And it's nothing too significant, but just enough to impact his game. He's finding himself getting caught in the air, trying to pass the ball, shoot the ball, uncertain. And everything that was easy now seems hard for Mr. Noel, but I'm confident he will gather himself because Kansas State's coaching staff believes in him. They know that they have to have him playing at a high level for them to achieve what they want to do. But his assist numbers have dropped because he's not making good decisions. And if he can get that corrected, K-State will get right back on track with their season. And that's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We'll see you next week right here and all week on social media.